The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. I realize now that when I was doing announcements, there are people here um, who've come since I was on internship, and I'm Allison Pryor. I am a person who was uh, who found her call through faith in the midst of this congregation, and I finished seminary, and I'm approved for ministry, and I'm waiting for my first call. And while I wait, in order to not get bored, I'm helping out around here a little bit. So I apologize for not identifying myself earlier. <clears throat> so today's the day. Happy freedom of a Christian day. What, you don't know about freedom of a Christian? You know, actually, I taught a class on it just now in adult Sunday school, and I was stunned that many Lutherans do not know about the treatise on, a freedom, on the freedom of a Christian. It's a pretty um, intense work that Luther created um, in the midst of arguing about his, his enlightenment in faith, um, and I suggest you read it if uh, you have a lot of time on your hands and you enjoy tedious works. Um, but it is worth knowing about, so maybe the cliff notes. <clears throat> so today's the day that we can pause and remember that our confessions are a really big deal. That seemingly innocuous act of one man who wanted to have an honest conversation about being Christian that changed the world. He was a scholar who relentlessly searched Scripture, for the truth. When the truth transformed him, he wanted to share it with others. And when he nailed those 95 theses or reasons why the Pope was wrong to the door, he began with the following introdu introduction. <clears throat> Out of love and zeal for truth and the desire to bring it to light, the following theses will be publicly discussed at Wittenberg under the chairmanship of the Reverend Father Martin Luther. Love and zeal for the truth. Did you ever wonder what made him do it? Well, he says it right here. Love and zeal for the truth. The truth. We all know it's a source of riches, but I bet we all kind of struggle hard to claim those riches. 
Why is that, I wonder? Well, Jesus said it right here in our reading today, and it's in all the college campuses and many downtown buildings. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We kind of take it for granted, don't we? But in our time, in our Reformation time, we had one man with zeal who pursued the truth, and he was exceptional in his pursuit of truth. He did us the favor of leaving some pretty awesome breadcrumbs for us, and they're called the small and the large catechism. I kind of prefer the large catechism, but I carry this small catechism around to shame my children so that when my son in confirmation is uh, feeling like he can blow it off a little bit, I can whip out the small catechism and say, you been reading this lately? You know, we are the inheritors of this relentless effort of his to know the truth. You all know the story. We've learned it from from our, our preschool days up through Confirmation, and we continue to hear it every year on Reformation Sunday. But it's no small thing that he would not stop trying to bring truth into the light and stop the ransoming of God's gift of grace. Grace, grace freely given, was for sale, and Luther figured out that he could not take it anymore. He had seen through his deep and relentless study of Scripture that things had gone really wrong and that we were meant as beloved children of God to receive our grace freely. That truth occupied every cell of his body. It was the battering ram that eventually broke open the papacy Luther's 95 statements of truth against the corruption in Rome freed nation after nation from both material and spiritual oppression. What about us? Do we live up to this legacy? We give so much for the sake of freedom. We watch our sons and our daughters and our sisters and our brothers take up arms to defend our freedom. We spend money, hours, and energy collectively as citizens defending our freedom of speech. Our whole system of government was organized and labors to defend our freedom through those safeguards that are intended to keep the rule of despots, kings, and emperors away from us. We pay with our taxes for three branches of government so that they will never ever, no one of them will ever have the power to rule us absolutely. On a more personal level, we meditate, we pay therapists, we go to exercise classes, all because we want emotional freedom. And I bet I'm not the only one who's wondered a little bit about financial freedom. It seems like we're people who really, really value our freedom. You may have noticed today that Jesus' followers also believe themselves to be free. After all, they had never been anyone's slave. They were the seed of Abraham, God's chosen people, liberated from slavery in Egypt, 
into a promised land where they could live finally free. What freedom could Jesus possibly offer that could be more than that? We, that's faithful members of this church, know the answer. Jesus is talking about freedom from the bondage of sin. Today on Reformation Sunday, in honor of Luther, who would not stop until he found true freedom, we must take a minute to ask ourselves this question. Do we really cherish, defend, and battle for this freedom like those others? Do we really battle for our freedom by resisting the perpetual lure of sin? I know some of you are thinking, who, me? Yeah, yeah, I battle sin. I battle sin. So, but if any of you have cracked the code on this and feel like you've won absolutely against sin, you get a free pass. You can go drink some coffee, come back in about five or ten minutes, and then we can go on with the service. Okay, good. So for the rest of us, we can dig in a little bit deeper. If Jesus were up here instead of me, what would he think of our enormous labor and sacrifice that we undertake for our freedom? I can almost hear him say, didn't they hear me? I sacrificed myself for freedom. Why don't they understand? He would see that we spend so much of ourselves defending our personal freedom, building fences, locking our doors, our national freedom by having troops deployed everywhere, a noble thing, but that's one kind of freedom. All of those kinds of freedom have become really expensive. And it kind of causes me to wonder if Jesus would challenge us by asking if we have anything left for the pursuit of his truth and his freedom. Could it be that we're working a little too hard on one thing and not the other? Well, today we read that to be truly disciples in Christ, we must live in Christ, continue in his word, and know the truth. Know the truth that we are freed by his living and dying for us and by his defeat of death and resurrection. We're free, right? Easy. Wait a minute. It's Reformation Sunday. Did you hear what I heard? Live, continue, know. Those are verbs. Those are actions. Stuff you do. Does this smell a little fishy to this group of Lutherans? I mean, works? No? Faith? Yes? Well, it's true. There is one thing. One and only one thing we do. 
and that is claim our relationship with Jesus Christ. With every cell of our being, by believing in Jesus and living his truth. Look what that did for Martin Luther. Look what the faith in Jesus Christ, believing in his truth, did for Martin Luther. He changed the world. Yeah, the truth. It's tough. It's that same truth that was once revealed to Abraham. It was written on the tablets that Moses brought down from Sinai. And as we heard in our first reading, it was predicted to be written on our hearts. Truth. Now we can say that we believe the stupefying fact that God loved this world so much that he sent Jesus to give us the ultimate freedom filled with grace and unconditional love by dying and defeating death and rising again. It's an unconditional love that means that there's no backseas. You sin, you've forgiven. You make a mistake, you're forgiven. No backseas, unconditional love, always and for everyone and for everybody who believes, everybody. With this freedom in our hearts, those others might be just a little less important. Claiming this relationship with Christ means that he's there when we feel pain and loss, even when we feel so much pain and loss that we might indulge in a little bit too much to drink, a little bit too much to eat, or other things that might help us feel better. Jesus is there. He's there when we struggle to find enough money, time, or energy to take care of our family. And he's there when we've lost our way, doubting that we're worth anything at all doubting that we can simply make it through the next day. Jesus is there. All we have to do is believe, keep believing, never stop believing, and the bondage of sin no longer holds us captive. Our human failing, all of our human failing in the face of sin is not the last word. The word made flesh is the last word. And Jesus knew that this was a freedom worth dying for. Amen.